You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 129. Today, I'm sitting down with coach Lindsay Heiserman, and we're talking all about bringing life coaching and business coaching together to really look at a holistic approach at helping people generate revenue. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. What's up, coach? Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson. And today I'm sitting down with Lindsay, who is a dynamic speaker, life and business coach, and personal trainer. She has over 16 years of experience working with people on their mental, emotional, and physical health. And her passion is helping you create the life you actually want and to be your partner in building it. And one of the biggest takeaways we talked about in this episode was support. The idea of how we cultivate support, create support, and really defining what support really means. It was such a good episode. I'm super excited for you to listen to how two coaches really unpack really powerful things and show up for our clients in the best way possible. So she started her professional life in a big box gym and was shocked to realize that it was actually a sales job. I'm sure many of you can relate. She actually does talk about this inside of the episode. But over nine years, she built one of the most consistent referral-based personal training businesses within the club before starting to, before leaving to start her own business. With her company, Lindsay Heiserman Coaching, she works with fitness and wellness professionals to build the life and business they want. She combines her education in counseling and psychotherapy with her real life experience in the industry and brings the expertise to clients. The secret to building a business, get support for you, the human behind the business. So without further ado, let's go ahead and roll that interview. Lindsay, welcome to the show. I'm super pumped to have you. How are you doing today? Oh, so good. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to see what we will dive into. Oh, it's going to be a great conversation. So for those of you who have never had the chance to listen to Lindsay, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about who you are, who you serve and how you got there. Oh my gosh. So I've been a personal trainer now almost 16 years. And you know, when people say like they lose track of what age they are, which I never thought would happen to me. And now it has happened to me <laughs> also professionally. I'm like, Oh, 15, 16. I don't know. A long time. <laughs> I've been doing this my entire professional career. I started as a personal trainer literally two days after I graduated from college. And I spent nine years in a corporate gym. And then I woke up one day and I said, oh yeah, no, can't do this anymore. And two weeks mm -hmm. later I had my own business and here we are seven years after that. So that's a little bit professionally, personally, I love to obstacle race. My two dogs are here, um, and just drink a good cup of coffee. And who do I help? I actually help a lot of people, which is surprising. A lot of the messaging is about niching down, which I'm sure we can talk about. I still have a personal training business and mm -hmm. I have a business coaching business for fitness and wellness professionals, where 
I help them with their life, which we're going to talk more about. So yeah, I love, I love to dive into that. Now, right before we hit record, you told me that you had a um, master's. Is that what you said? A master's in counseling. So how did you get there? How did you go from counseling to, to, uh, fitness essentially? Right. So I started as personal training and about three years in, I really noticed that what I cared about with my clients was, are you happy? (laughs) What are your emotions today? Do you have a better day after you come to the gym? What's going on in your life? How are we going to change your behaviors and your habits? And that was exponentially more exciting to me than how many pounds you were lifting on any given part of the workout. Yeah. Um, Because it was just more than that. Right. And I thought to myself, okay, what's my next career move? Like, I don't think I'll be a personal trainer forever. Um, and so I thought, well, I think the next step is counseling. And this was really before life coaching was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that wasn't even really quite an option. And so I thought, well, I'm going to transfer into therapy. So I got a master's degree and I got to the end of it and was like, no, (laughs) that's not actually it, you know, because I didn't want to go licensed therapy. Right. And Mm -hmm. I had already planned to take this life coaching certification at the end of my program. It had just been coming up and coming. And I did that. And I thought, well, that was it. Why didn't anyone tell me that's what I was really looking for? So I just knew there was so much more in my client work, um, than the exercise portion. And that's how I got into that program. Yeah. You know, and I love this and it's, it, it reminds me of my story, just in the sense of, you know, wherever you go, there you are. And it's mm-hmm. funny is that, is that no matter what you is placed in your heart, it's just in my opinion, no matter what is placed in your heart, it's there for a reason. So when I was an actor and I got to the end of that and I was like, oh, no, it's, I still use those skills. Those skills yeah. are still invaluable. So I'm so glad that I have them. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. So I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the ways now that you are facilitating transformations for health and wellness professionals and for your clients as well, just really any, you know, uh, any of the people that you serve, what is it that, how have you been able to use these skills to help transform their life? Like what are some of the invisible components? Mm-hmm. You know, I always say, I'm the master questioner. Like people will just have a conversation with me. And this is how it even started coming up in personal training sessions. Like I'm just talking along with you, having a conversation and people will get to the end of their workout and they're like, how did we get on that topic? Or how did you get me to say that, you know? And so these skills of counseling really come into play in how I have conversations even with people. And so with my personal training clients, it's really about talking like I said, outside of training, like what else is going on? What's really at play here? How is that affecting you? And having probably much deeper conversations in training sessions than a lot of people do. Um, And with fitness and wellness professionals, what I found is, and I'm sure you'll agree, the issue is never the issue, Mm -hmm. right? Like the struggle you're having with your business is it almost inevitably something else that's happening in your life that is impacting the way you are thinking about your business, the way you are taking action or not taking action. And so these skills have just been so helpful for me to get people to open up to new things um, in whatever dimension that is. 
Mm, yeah, so good. So what are some of the, what are some of the, so walk me through your process a little bit. How do you implement it? Like with fitness and wellness professionals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I am really skilled at people who are new. So whether Mm -hmm. you have, like I did transitioned from working as an employee and now you're on your own or you are brand new and you're like, okay, I'm starting and I don't have a clue here I am. Mm -hmm. Or even the third set that really is attractive to me in helping is ones who have been in it for a really long time. And they're like, something has got to change, whether I want to redo who I want to work with, but there's some form of transition. And so in that transition is an opportunity to define what you actually want. And it's shocking to me. I start all of my relationships with people asking them about what they want. And they look at me and go, I thought we were doing business. (laughs) Yes. But if you don't have a grasp of what this looks like within your real life, how many hours a day do you actually have to work? How many do you want to work? You know? I really love that you start there and that you ask this question for a couple of reasons. And I really think that it comes, you know, it comes down to your conditioning, whether you are, you know, school conditioning, parent conditioning is that when you really stop to ask yourself, you know, what is it that you want? We, we come up with these, with these answers that we are almost trained or that we are in this like brain fog to believe. But when you really start unpacking that and asking yourself, well, is that really true? And how do you know that Mm -hmm. it changes the game? Like, you know, parent, you know, parents will say, oh, you can't be this because none of this, or people will start having these unconscious beliefs of like, well, I can't do that because then I'm going to have to work 20 hours a week and I want a family or whatever it is. Like they can't really grasp the fact that what they want is possible for them. Yeah. Could I give a couple examples? Yeah, please walk us through how you unpack it. Yeah. I started with, um, this coaching group that I had and there were three people in it. And I said, what do you want? We're going to talk about revenue. Like we're going to talk about the numbers right now. And one person wanted to make $2,000 a month. She's like, I am the mom. I have the kids at home. This would change our life. This is how I want my business to grow. And I said, great. The second person was like, I want to make a quick, as fast as I can, hundred K or more. Cause I want to ski all winter long and hire out people in my business and just kind of run it from the top. Cool. The third person was like, you know, I'm pretty busy right now. And that feels pretty good. Um, but maybe I want to actually downgrade a little bit make a little less, work a little less. And it was fascinating to watch all three of these people have this sigh of relief that like their goal was valid, right? Because the internet can often tell you, well, if you don't make this or if your goal isn't that. And so once we opened that up, then we could talk about everything else because their goal became valid and what they wanted out of their business was valid. Now you can make better decisions. Mm. Yeah. So cool. And then what, then what's the next step? You know, from there, I asked another hard question, which people get uncomfortable with, which is what are your strengths? I mean, really, if you don't want to do writing because that doesn't seem to you to be your strongest suit. Okay. Where can you do more speaking? 
Okay. If you don't really like speaking, where can you do more connecting? You know, just where are your strengths and how to maximize them instead of saying, well, I'm just not good at this one thing. And I think that one thing is going to be the one thing I have to do. So I'm really good at helping people to connect with what is actually true and then they can accept it and then it blooms, right? So first it's, what do you want? Then it's, what are your strengths? And then we finally talk about, okay, now let's think about how you might want your business to look. How does it fit into your life? Let's, you know, backtrack those revenue numbers. How are you going to make that work? How is your business going to be set up? Do you like group? Do you not like group? Do you like one-on-one? Do you want to be online? So then all of those more traditional questions can come out. And I will tell you, I was really nervous to do this first month with my clients in this program because I thought they won't like it. They'll want to get right to the business stuff. They'll be frustrated. And then I surveyed them when they were done and said, what was your favorite month of content? Unanimous month one. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm sure there's a really grand lesson in there for everyone also with that. You know, the one thing you're afraid to really teach or the one thing that you don't think people will love, mm-hmm. probably the one that will make the biggest impact. Mm, I love that. I love that. So now how long have you, now you said that um, you work primarily or not primarily you work, you enjoy and have a, are skilled at helping people who are new. So can you quantify that for us? How do you determine whether or not you're new and how do you help them start? Well, like I said, it's not necessarily new, new. It's in a new space, a new transition, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, when I went from the club to in my own business, I'd been doing the work for nine years at that point, but all of a sudden I was very new in having a business on my own. So that transition point to a new phase of something is really the sweet spot. So, you know, the one person in my group, she'd been in business for 22 years and yet was like, this feels like the right space for me because I want to create something new. Mm, I love that. So now when I oftentimes will start working with someone new or, or not even new, but new to them, like a new offer a new, a new venture, something that they're about to, you know, take the first step on. It could be even look at my own life. Like I'm about to do my first live event. Right. And so all these things start to come up. It's normal. So I'm curious, you know, how do you work someone through the idea of, you know, who am I to be doing this? Mm -hmm. What, you know, why would they come to me when they can learn from you? And I don't mean me and you, I mean like arbitrary in their mind, whoever that me and you is right. Uh, why would someone come to, you know, how do I stand apart? Like, how do you start to unpack when the ego shows up? For your clients. So sometimes I take a really funny approach and I don't, I don't want to say I mock them, but sometimes I just like reiterate the same things they're saying to me. And I'm like, Oh, you mean no one will ever want to work with you? Not even one person in the entire world, no one. And like, we bring some humor to it and they look at me like, I think you're making fun of me a little bit, but I get what you're saying, right? Like, how is it possible that you think no one will work with you. So sometimes we do some humor and a little play in that way. But most of the time I say, you are very unique in a certain way. And that's why we start with the strengths. And so we just backpedal 
And we talk about that again. And I say, where can you maximize those things? Where can you really dive into that? What do you really believe in that's different? And I know you're so skilled at helping people with their messaging. And a lot of that is what I'll say, which is, what do you want people to know about you? What do you want clients to say about their relationship with you? Like, let's brainstorm some things. And a lot of times when I'm working one-on-one, I just have them talk for a period of time and I take some notes and then I reiterate it back, right? Because if you can just sort of talk it out without censoring yourself or without having to think about what I'm saying, I'm like, what do you really want to do here? And then they let it flow. And then I say, look, this is what you came up with. This can actually happen. Let's move towards making that happen because we just fester in that imposter for lack of better word, we sit there for a long time. And so to be able to say, okay, can we actually make this happen? This is exciting for you. And then kind of at the beginning, when I said life happens, I'll then say, what else is going on? Because Mm. it's not always just the business. And when I say what else is going on, that's where we are for the next, you know, rest of the session, which is, you know, my kids have this thing going on. I'm really stressed about my family or whatever the case may be. So then I can do more life coaching. Then we come back and, you know, half the time that imposter syndrome has sort of faded away because we've worked through both a business thing and a personal thing. Mm, Yeah, that's interesting. And this is the first time I've heard someone talk about, you know, the imposter syndrome being related more to something that's happening in their life. So I'm just curious, like if Mm -hmm. you don't have to call names, but can you share an example working with someone like what, what was coming up for them personally when they were sharing this with you? Yeah. So I was also thinking when you were asking that question about how like a lot of things in life are about control. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me personally, when things outside of my business feel out of control. I feel horrible about my business and I've gotten really good at coaching myself to be like, okay, pause. Like is business actually the culprit here or should Mm -hmm. I look over here? And usually it's because I'm not taking care of myself or I'm not eating as well, or I'm not, I'm just not managing my own stress. It's not actually related to business. So that's me personally. With a client, you know, I have one in mind and she had three kids with medical issues back to back to back to back to back in the first like eight months of the year. And it just didn't stop. And she's like, I want to show up for my business, but like my business is stressful because also my life is stressful. Mm -hmm. So we really just said, what's the bare minimum? How do you want to show up in your business so that you don't lose touch on it? And I also said, why don't you share some of those struggles? that will make you human to your clients as well. And so we did a little bit of that, but you know, sometimes too, it's just saying what's going on. And if they're willing to talk about it, that just brings that relief a little bit Mm -hmm. too, you know, Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of having to compartmentalize, like I can only show up to my business coaching with only my business is really hard for people, right? Cause we're not just that. Yeah, so giving absolutely. people the space to also say, oh, by the way, my kid is in the hospital, but I still want to come <laughs> to my session today. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Great. So, you know, I'm also curious, you know, how have you been able to fuse, you know, 
creating the space in a group container Mm -hmm. to have these vulnerable conversations, because sometimes it's not easy to share some of this stuff, you know, have these vulnerable conversations in a group format. I love group and it's not for everyone. And I have talked about that often and with my clients and with other professionals, I've said group is not for everyone and don't think you have to do it. If you are comfortable in a one-on-one setting, go there. Like don't have this pressure to do group. But for me, when I started personal training, I also did, we started doing group personal training. And so I just got really good from the beginning at my most important goal was fostering the community of the people. I was like, I don't want anyone to feel left out. I want to make sure everybody knows each other's names and we learn about each other. And that's where it really started for me. So now when I do groups, I will openly say, you don't have to share, like you don't have to, you can share what you want to share. And I remind people like this group is for us you know, this is not information to be sharing outside of here and, you know, knock on wood. But when I set those precedents, people feel more comfortable to share. And once someone does, and they realize that person didn't die from sharing something pretty vulnerable, they're like, oh, okay, I can share too. Like they seem to survive, you know, and not everybody wants to go first, but once you open the door, most people will walk in. And I always say, it's fine. You know, and the woman who had the three kids in the hospital, she showed up to a call one day and we're on video and she texts me and she goes, I really can't emotionally be on video. I'm going to turn my video off, but I'm still here. And I'm like, awesome. So she just mm-hmm. silently, you know, turned her video off, was still listening, but like, she knew she had that permission to, to do what was best for her. Mm, love that. I love that. So good. Um, I'm also curious, you know, in your group settings, like how do you, you know, especially since we, you are, you know, opening up the, uh, the container to also encourage life, you know, sharing life lessons, mm-hmm. right. Uh, you know, have you ever had to deal with like people? What if they don't like each other in the group? Hey, funny you ask that. So I had a client ask me before the group started, And I'd known her, she was a client of mine in the past, but she said, what if, how did she put it? She said, like, what if there's someone who's like, you know, overpowering the group or like, she basically voiced a concern about how are you going to handle it? Very similar to what you just asked. And I said, if that's the case, I'll take a conversation with this person out of the group and talk about it. And I'm also pretty good at navigating a conversation so that it doesn't get too out of hand. But again, the, the, the door is open. So people felt comfortable to ask that question too. And Mm -hmm. so asking the question and saying, well, what's going to happen if it's like this, because people are afraid of group, you know, in a way, like what if it gets crazy? What if someone is out of hand? And like I said, luckily it hasn't happened yet, but you never know. Mm -hmm. You never know, but that's great. I love that. So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, some of the the differences between life coaching and business coaching and how you've integrated them. You know, the biggest lesson I've learned that I think is so cool and also so frustrating (laughs) for myself personally and clients, you already know what to do. Truly. Mm -hmm. You can Google it. You can learn it. And I know that your listeners and my clients and your clients, we love to learn. We've probably Mm -hmm. 
learned it. We've taken the webinar. We've listened to the podcast. We've, we've absorbed all of the information. So business coaching I have found is walking people through and building their confidence to take the actions they already know they want to take or to solidify that, yes, that's a good direction to go. Or, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times someone says, well, I watched someone else's webinar about that. And I'm like, okay, so like, you know about it. Now let's make a plan to actually put it into action. So the business coaching side for me is taking the, honestly, the basic steps of how are you communicating? What are you putting out into the world? How are you using your strengths? What does it look like for your customer journey when they come into your fold? What are the programs? I love helping people create offers. And then if they don't work, what's why? And then we'll redo, right? And so that's the business coaching. But then when it's tied with the life coaching, once they feel comfortable enough and confident enough, they make better decisions. They go out and they take action. I was shocked at the actions that the people in my group took. I mean, I really was shocked. I was like, you know, normally people will start a group and then they'll like come and they'll learn. And then they come back the next week and they're like, well, I didn't really do that. Or I only did it part way. These people were on it. And I don't think it's because they're so unique that they're action takers. I think it's that they felt comfortable enough and I helped them to infuse their own confidence to take that action. I love that. I love that. So good. How long do you think that this, and have you noticed that this typically takes for them to start, you know, turning things around in their lives? That's a really good question. I don't know if I have a number or a time frame, but I would even say within a couple of months, people made some really great strides and progress, uh, in business and life, you know, and again, for me, they just always have to go together. And I kept trying to separate them and how I would work with people or separate it out. Like, well, it can only be this, but truly when people feel supported, they'll make better decisions and take more action. I love that. And I'd love for you to dive a little bit more. And when you're talking about support, because I feel like support, we, a lot of us, because you know me, I love messaging and I love language. A lot of us use that word and we hear that word, but I think that we don't really understand the impact or what the difference is or the nuances and different levels of support that is coming mm. through for a person. So I'm curious, you know, how do you define support? Ooh, that's really good. And I don't know, sitting here with the word lady, I don't know if I have the <laughs> words yet to describe it. <laughs> I should probably take this offline and be like, Beverly, help me with my messaging. <laughs> because I just, the support, this is a really good question because support could be someone coming in and saying to you, here's a list of 10 things to do. And I'm like your accountability, like you go yes. do them. And like, we're going to check them off the list together. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to like, wait for you to come back and do it. That's like one level. Right. And that might mm -hmm. be what you're doing with some personal training clients. Like I'm giving you a program and you're going out and you're doing it and we're coming back and we're like assessing, did you do it or not? Right. Mm -hmm. But support in my world is like, 
that's like the door kind of opens and then you find like the secret door behind that mm, which is like this mm-hmm. huge secret room in the house which is come to me with everything and everything is allowed to talk about right truly and i think that openness like i always lead sessions with like this is our agenda right like we mm-hmm. are this is our topic mm-hmm. But from there, it can expand and grow. And I will say the other kind of support that was most valuable to people in my program was that I let them coach each other, which is Mm -hmm. also a little dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I was unsure how it would go, but I had three people I really trusted and they grew to trust each other. So when we were in our coaching sessions, I would have one person say, you know, what they wanted to really work through or talk about, which could have been business or life or both, right? The integration Mm -hmm. of you. And then I would say, and do some of my coaching with them. And then I would open it up to the group. And Mm -hmm. they told me when I did my post review that the ability to hear from people who were in different stages of business, hear their feedback on their business was Mm -hmm. so valuable, right? And Mm -hmm. that me as a beginner, literally a two month into my, I just got a certification. I don't have a clue me. I am just as valuable as this person who's been in the industry for 20 years and we're sitting in the same room. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of the support that I give people is that I step out of it in a way mm-hmm. and I let them support each other, which was hands down, probably one of the best ways. I love this. And I love this contain. I love this conversation because I think that, you know, one of the things that I'm finding is that, is that there is this group of people that we all, you know, when you're squat and you, there's like a sticking point in the squat and it's like, you're just taking some time before you work through that stick. Right. I, I feel this way in terms of, of growth in the business. And what I see in this space, especially with coaching is that like, okay, you need to be at this certain level in order to get into the room with the people that are where you want to be. Right. Right. And to me, I feel like it is a disservice for two reasons is that you are not taking into consideration the invisible components that that get, that's like saying, oh, okay, well, your BMI is this, you're unhealthy. Right. And that there are just so many other components that are at play in terms of what they think and what they're learning. And I also think that what happens is that the convert, it also takes away the fact that people, it, it basically says that you can't learn anyone, anything from mm-hmm. someone who's at the beginning, which is just not the, the truth. Look at the people who are masters. They reiterate the basics over and over and over again. Yes. And having someone who's been around for 20 years say to you, wow, that's a great idea. I've never thought of that yeah. is also so invigorating to you as a new person. And then I don't know about you, but after you're in the industry for a long time, it does feel repetitive or you're like, wow, I'm just spinning on my hamster wheel. I'm successful and it's working, but like I'm bored out of my mind. And so having someone new give you fresh ideas is also so helpful. Yeah. Or this, you know, it's so helpful or, and also they, they might be spending time on things that are new that you haven't even messed with or played with or yep. know you like yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I can't get the visual of the squats out of my mind because I actually <laughs> squatted on Monday and I was like cautiously going down in my squat because I was waiting for my thighs to cramp and like actually get to that sticky point. Yeah. I don't want to have my legs bust out from underneath me in the gym. So I was yeah. doing that in action the other day. So that's funny. You use that as a metaphor. It's amazing. Um, so now I'm curious. I'm also curious. I do want to circle back to this because you were, you know, you asked about the, their strengths mm-hmm. and I'm curious, like, do you, you know, what's your thoughts? What's your opinion on what about the weaknesses or rather their perceived weaknesses? Yeah. I just think psychologically people will attach more to a strength you just feel Mm -hmm. better. If you're like, I'm good at X or I enjoy this instead of the minute you say, I'm not good at this. You just kind of go, yeah, I'm not good at that. Right. And it's not Mm -hmm. that you need to ignore them because there are definite components of business. Like you can't ignore the fact that you are not great at bookkeeping if you need to keep your books. So like that might be really great. I will find someone to help me. Right. So I often will say too, and we talk a lot with these people in transition, you know, what eventually do you want to outsource? Like, what are your weaknesses for me? I, I despise every ounce of creating a Canva graphic. Like I can't, I just want to like nails on a chalkboard when I open it up. So that will be an outsource, right? So instead of saying like, wow, you should spend 27 hours on your Canva graphics. We talk more about like, where can you do more speaking or where can you connect with people? What are your strengths? Then we can figure out the rest. Right. But like, Mm -hmm. you're going to go farther, faster, focusing on the things that you're really good at, that you enjoy, that your strengths shine through than sitting there dwelling on the fact that like, this is going to take you so long or you're not good at it. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Uh, Okay. So now, you know, I'm curious as a life coach, have you had to shift people's perspectives when it comes to, you know, being advanced and being in the room with someone who's new? Hmm. What do you mean? Like, do, has people ever come into the room? And the reason why I'm asking this is because I've had to work on this myself, like feeling like, ah, I just want to, you know, always like fixated on, on what's in front of me instead of honoring and celebrating what's Mm. current and what's, what's, um, what's right now, what's right now. And also the successes of being, Mm. you know, being a beginner, there is, you know, we, we hear about beginner's luck and I just don't think it's beginner's luck. It's beginner's energy. Mm -hmm. They step into this place excited, knowing that it's okay, that they're okay, whatever, you know, they don't have that double-edged sword of evidence. And I think evidence is a double-edged sword or experience is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to reframe with people, all people, right? People who are doing well, people are just starting. And I usually do this by at the end of a group session, I'll say, you know, share with the group or sometimes at the beginning, if I want to set the tone, what's something you're proud of that you did, right? Because everyone, no matter what stage you're at, has something that you're proud of or something that you worked through that you are really, you know, proud of and you have great energy around. And so it kind of levels the playing field in the way of like, we're all here working on whatever it is that we're working on. Mm -hmm. And we all have these wins. Let's celebrate them together. And then if I'm working with people more individually on kind of that mindset of like, but I want to be over there. I want to be over there. 
it is definitely a reframe to what are you doing right now? And some look back, like what did it look like a year ago? Or, you know, I just said to a client the other day, okay, so how many clients do you have? And I don't remember how many she told me, but I was like, that's, you know, however many more than you had three months ago. She's like, oh yeah, you're right. And I had like three clients resign. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. You know, so I know yeah. you didn't sign 10 new ones yesterday, but you didn't lose anyone and you gained. That's mm-hmm. huge. So mm-hmm. a lot of times it's reflecting back what they forget. We always mm-hmm. forget our wins, right? Because we're mm-hmm. on to the next thing, which is sort of the crux of being a business owner. Yeah, it's true. So true. Okay. So I want to be mindful of your time. So, um, let me, I just, I'll follow up with like, a, you know, a couple of last questions and then we'll go from there. But, um, mm-hmm. what would you say to someone who was sitting in front of you that was brand new, completely you just got their certifications? What are, what are some of the first steps that you typically would recommend for them? So I say, what do you want? Right. We'd go through Mm -hmm. that first process. Mm -hmm. Like let's map out what this looks like for your life. And I Mm -hmm. also think there is, there's pressure to be online only these days. I feel Mm -hmm. like Like that's the business. You are an online person or like nothing. Mm -hmm. And I had this in my group. The new person was like, well, I mean, and it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. She's like, I mean, I guess I'll have an online business, but actually really like working with seniors in person. Great. You can do both. So someone who's brand new, I would also say like, you've got to get some real life experience hands-on with people and not just on the internet. Honestly, I believe that to be true. I think you can build both things. Um, but there's also something to be said for networking in person, in your community, talking to other business owners. I was in a networking group for five years every week talking about business and things like that are so missed. I think when we talk about starting your business. And so I would Mm -hmm. say, go talk to people, get some clients Mm -hmm. in real life Mm -hmm. and start to build some things online. Yeah. And I also think you can leverage your, I think you can leverage your online presence. Mm -hmm. Like it does, you doesn't, how many, I mean, this was back in the day. I mean, I'm aging myself, but you've been in the industry a long time. You know this, but oh, yeah. how many times have we seen something and then gone to Google or gone to Yelp and been like, what are they saying about this person? Right? And I was thinking back because it's been a while when I was at the <laughs> club and like social media was like just starting. They were like, you cannot post about yourself on the internet and your work. <laughs> And I was so like, funny. I, and yeah. now I see trainers who are working there. They have their entire Instagram profile all about, you know, fitness and what they do. So times are different now, right? You can build that in person. And if you're at a club, you can build your online, you can do this crossover and work on both. Right. Right. I. I think it's, I think, I almost think it's a necessity now. I think people, I remember back in the day when I was in the club where we tried to start the Instagram and they shut it down. Like, no, no Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's one of the biggest mistakes you could possibly make. Yep. 
they could only see it now. <laughs> I know they were probably kicking themselves back then, but you know, whatever. Exactly. Um, okay. So for those of you who want to learn more about Lindsay and more about you, about what you do, where's the best place I can send them? I love voice memos on Instagram. So if you find me on Instagram, I'll probably leave you a voice memo. Talking is more my strong suit than writing. And I love connecting. So find me at Lindsay Heiserman coaching. Um, and you can also go to my website, lindsayheiserman.com. And if you're feeling real professional, find me on LinkedIn. Also another place that I love to hang out. I, I think it's one of the most underutilized platforms in the I online space. A hundred percent agree. Mm. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Lindsay. I really appreciate it. Oh, you are so welcome. It's such a joy to be able to talk about both life and business. So true. Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at bsimpsonfitness.com. And we'll send you a very special Instagram podcast that will show you how to create compelling content so that your ideal clients come to you and you go from wanting clients to a wait list of clients ready for your services. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.